Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Our goal is to provide you with a way to listen to real conversations on work by real SLPs. We are full-time speech-language pathologists in the trenches. These are honest conversations by SLPs for SLPs. I'm Sarah, pediatric SLP of 10 years. I'm passionate about mentoring SLPs and talking about anything workplace-related, specifically topics on emotional and mental health in the workplace. And speaking of mentoring, I used to think I was mentoring my friend, Sari, but it turns out she's mentoring me. So we started a podcast. That's right. I'm Sari, a clinical fellow just figuring things out in my first year as a speech-language pathologist. If this is your first year too, hang in there. I hope you can relate to some of my stories and experiences. This podcast is a place for conversations about what it's really like to work as an SLP. By listening to these conversations, I hope we can all feel less alone, less isolated, and more empowered to be great SLPs. So sorry, here we are at episode three. Three is my lucky number. And we actually have our first listener question, and I think I'm going to have you answer it, Sarah. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay, bring it on. So the question is, do you really have a happy hour when you record? (laughs) Are you sitting around drinking wine and recording your (laughs) podcast? Because if so, that would be awesome. (laughs) I love this person. (laughs) Um, Okay, I love that this is our first question. I promise to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And we are drinking coffee right now. Mm-hmm. And, but I'll be honest, we had an initial run through of episode one just to see how things sounded and fill out how our amazing banter would be. <laughs> and at that time, we were drinking mimosas. However, yeah. today we're just drinking coffee. And for now, I think we're new enough at podcasting that it actually requires a lot of concentration. Right. So maybe someday we can actually do a happy hour and record at the same time. <laughs> but that would be like maybe the hundredth episode and a goal <laughs> to work towards. I, I think we could start sooner than that. I, I for one, think I get c- terribly witty after a drink in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say episode four. All right, just kidding. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe a hundred. But that seems so long ago. We're in the future. All right. Well, the truth is, you guys will probably never know, because if we get this question again, we probably won't answer it, because it's already been asked. I digress. I wanted to switch gears a little bit. Last episode, we talked about making a like list or a self-care list, Mm -hmm. and it's a list of things that you like to do and things that feel good to you. And we recommended that you write it down and have your own copy and refer to it often. And I know I've got one, and I'm a bit of a zealot about getting others to start one, too. So, sorry, did I convince you? (laughs) I started one while doing these podcasts. I'm not sure what I'll do with it. Like, I'm really not the type of person to keep up with my like list and my likable journal and my file of things that I like. But the exercise of actually writing things down helped me to really think about the things that bring me joy. Speaking of a like list, is there anything this week that was a small surprise or a small pleasure? So I'll give an example of mine. So this week I hurt my wrist and it was a huge bummer, not just because my wrist hurt, but also I love 
yoga. And those of you who do yoga know it's a lot of chaturangas and downward dogs. So it's a lot of weight bearing on your hands and wrists. And in this case, I couldn't put pressure on my hands. So I was so happy when I found a 40 minute vinyasa flow class online that was wrist free. And it took me a few days of looking around the internet for something that wasn't just 10 minutes or that wasn't, that was actually yoga. And so I did the class, I got my blood pumping and I got some exercise, which feels so good, especially if you have an injury. Mm, Yeah. So I'm going to give a star on my star chart to Eckhart (laughs) Yoga. So it's EckhartYoga.com and it's an online yoga subscription and they have that 40 minute wrist free flow. And this isn't sponsored, and I just honestly really loved the class. Oh, that's great. Oh, but I'm sorry, Sarah. I went through something similar a few years ago, and you don't realize how much you need both hands until you can't use one of them. And I, so I had tendonitis in my right hand, my dominant hand, and I needed help with everything, chopping food, washing the dishes. <laughs> this is starting to sound like a clever way to get out of kitchen chores. <laughs> In all seriousness, it, it hurt a lot and I needed help with all kinds of everyday things. Um, but I actually went to an occupational therapist for help because I was still working and part of my job was to take minutes. Plus, I was going to grad school at the same time, mm-hmm. which involves a lot of typing, of course. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much had to be able to type. Um, and you know, one thing that helped me was alternating hot and cold water baths with my hand, uh, with the wrist. You should try that. That definitely helped a lot. Yeah, I will for sure. And you guessed it. It was an overuse injury from work and I guess it doesn't hurt to be vulnerable and talk about it. So I pushed too far. I worked too hard and I did too much and you know, we all fail sometimes. So here I am, started a podcast about trying to balance your work life so it doesn't (laughs) impact your professional and personal life. And um, yeah, I messed up. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we we can't claim to be experts on this topic. Uh, But I but I think that's part of why we're doing this to talk about uh, to talk about these things and the things that we take on as SLPs and openly discuss how the struggle is real and ways to handle it. Mm -hmm. And I think that if it wasn't something we struggled with, we wouldn't have anything to talk about, right, right, on this podcast. (laughs) So we're all trying to figure it out. So now it is time to check in with last week's challenge, planning a lazy lesson. A lazy lesson. So Sari loves the lazy lesson. (laughs) (laughs) So it's tempting to make lessons complex and expensive and novel, but doing that can lead to overwhelm and burnout. So here at SLP Happy Hour, we believe that sometimes the simple and easy lessons can be among the best. Mm -hmm. And the real importance is focusing on, of course, your clinical skills, taking data, providing research-based therapy, and you are your best SLP tool. Absolutely. So you don't need to spend hours planning a lesson to get student engagement, and you don't need to spend your salary on buying fancier, newer materials, at least if you've got the basics. So let's check in with the challenge. And Sari, did you do your lazy lesson? What did it look like? How did it go? I did. Um, So my lazy lesson involves a suction cup ball, a whiteboard, and a dry erase marker. And this is probably going to make it sound way more complicated than it is. But what you do is um, you make little games on the whiteboard that involve the student throwing the suction cup ball onto the whiteboard 
after they produce a target response. So this can look like a bunch of circles that every time they throw the ball, you draw a line from where they last hit to see if they wipe out the circles on the board, or um, it could be like a target and they have to try and get in the middle. There's lots of ways you can adapt this. It's really easy. You only need a few things. And I work in schools, so there's whiteboards in every room. And I, I love it. It's, it's an easy fallback. All right. Sorry. I'm going to be honest. So your lazy lesson sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I'm already like, huh. Oh. But it sounds really fun. It is really fun. You know, I'll post a picture of what it looks like. One of my favorite games with the suction cup ball is called Tornado. And I'll post it onto our, our Instagram feed so everyone can see kind of what it looks like. And it, okay. Remember, this is a lazy lesson. This isn't your pretty Instagram Pinterest lesson, but it's a quick go-to and, and I think others may like it and use it. Okay, your turn. I want to hear about your lazy lesson. Okay. So once I have my materials and my targets, um, if I need a unifying activity or a game, I honestly use Hangman. And Hangman is kind of morbid, so I'll change it. I'll usually change it to Snowman, (laughs) which is the same basic idea, right? So I'll come up with a sentence or a word. I'll put the lines on the whiteboard. They'll guess letters. And then I'll slowly build a snowman. And once the snowman is complete, if they haven't guessed the word or the phrase or the sentence, I've won. Um, But that said, being done is a matter of opinion because I can keep adding things to the snowman to make it fun. (laughs) Well, I think everyone needs a lazy lesson in their back pocket. And even though we're using the word lazy... Maybe easy is a better word. Mm -hmm. Easy lessons are a good thing, not a bad thing. They free up your time and mental energy for other things, especially when it's busy. And actually, we should probably be calling it the efficient lesson. I love the efficient lesson. I love that. (laughs) It's it's not expensive. It's not time-consuming. And we often get the job done with this lesson just as well as we do with those really complicated ones. So efficient lesson, that's what... That's what we're going with. And it sounds more professional, like you could put it on a resume. So speaking of making things easier for ourselves, it's good to not take on too much in lesson planning, but it's even better to not take on too many outside job responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So in this segment, we are talking about taking on too much and how it can relate, how it can lead to job-related stress and burnout. This segment is called From the Speech Room Of, and since we as SLPs often shut our speech room door and hunker down to work when things get busy, um, it's nice to hear from SLPs and other SLPs how they're dealing with their work life and to learn what we can from them. So in a previous segment, we talked about what happens when you take on too much at work, and during that conversation, Sari came up with this Frankenstein job concept that really clarifies what happens to your job when you say yes too many times. But for time and continuity, it ended up on the cutting room floor. So we wanted to revisit. Um, It's just too good to not talk about. So Sari, what is a Frankenstein job? What did we decide that was? Well, so the Frankenstein job is, it kind of relates to just that uh, if you say yes, to taking on too many things in your job, then it becomes a monster job that neither you nor anyone else can feasibly do, or at least do well anymore. I'm the type of person who always wants to be helpful. So this is personally hard for me. 
and I'm learning to say no. Mm-hmm. The trick is... You can't always say no, so you can for coworkers, but for people who supervise you, it becomes more complex. Mm. So, you know, a tip my CF supervisor gave me way back when was to um, tell a supervisor what you have on your plate and then have them tell you what to deprioritize so that you can accomplish this new task that they're asking for. Okay. I, I could see how that could work because you're cushioning it by explaining how busy you are. So it feels a little nicer. Uh, would you share the script? Yeah. So you start with naming your current deadlines and you follow up by asking your supervisor, you know, which of those things you should not do so that you can accommodate their request. Okay. For example, you could say, right now I'm doing progress reports due next week. I have five evaluations due in 30 days or we're out of compliance. And I also have five hours of Medicaid billing due in one week. So which of these tasks would you like me to deprioritize so that I can get this new request Uh done? So I like how direct that is, but I think in, in some situations it could come off as passive aggressive, sure. but I definitely see how with some supervisors you would need to use a script like this. Sure. Watch and your intonation. <laughs> y- yes. And <laughs> carefully. Yes. And there are situations where this would be an appropriate response, but I actually now don't think this should be a blanket response because in some situations it can just sound really icky. So that said, I did use it for a few years because I didn't know what else Mm. to say. So I don't know, Sari, were you ever told to use this one? I was not. But I remember having a conversation with one of my grad school mentors about how it was hard for me to say no. And I asked her for guidance then I promptly volunteered to help out on an after-school project. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yes, and it was like a vague invitation. Will you? Would you be willing to help out with this? And I just said, sure. And then it turned out to be this really time-consuming and complicated process, way more than I'd expected. And, I, you know, I, I did it because I'd committed. I'd said yes mm-hmm. before asking any further questions about what was involved. And I remember my mentor advising me after that to always ask more questions before I say yes to extra work. So I've tried to carry Mm -hmm. that through. Yeah. So knowing what you're agreeing to, right? Right. Before you agree to it. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like saying no is a really juicy topic and we could just keep going. So should we explore this a bit more and maybe even add in a self-care challenge? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So as SLPs... We know that sometimes we can put our own well-being second. So in order to take better care of ourselves, we're going to dig deeper into a topic today, which is the topic of saying no. Why don't we do it more? How do we do it? (laughs) How does avoiding saying no impact our physical and emotional health? For me, I think that most of us as SLPs label ourselves as helpers. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes to us with a reasonable request, we automatically say yes. If someone comes to us with an unreasonable request, we say, well, think about it. We don't say no. And there's just not a lot of no in there. Or if you're like me, you tactfully find the middle ground instead of flatly turning someone down. I, I try to find a smaller way to help them out. Mm-hmm. So let's get to some examples. The most recent example that I can think of was 
saying no to a classroom teacher. And I was contracting for a school district, and a teacher gave me a bunch of student names to screen and wanted them all done right away. At first, I was really stressed out by this request because I honestly, boundaries are hard, so I know it's hard. <laughs> so um, I ended up communicating with that teacher that, you know, there were other students in line ahead of her students waiting for screenings and that, you know, in the interest of fairness, I had to screen students in the order that the request wow. was received. That's good. That's and good. I gave her what I thought was a reasonable time frame, and I promised to give those screenings within that time frame, but she was going to need to wait at least a few weeks, and I honestly don't know what she thought of that because she didn't say much, hmm. but ultimately, she didn't know what my workload was. She didn't know what my process was, so instead of feeling like I had to have a conflict with her, I tried to look at it as having a conversation where I was educating her. So often coworkers don't know what we do or how much we have to do or what the process is for interacting with us, you know, unless we tell them. Yes. A lot of this job seems to be advocacy for the job itself. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've been asked if I just work on lists and stuttering mm -hmm. And I even got asked once if I put marbles in students' mouths. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, it just seems like a lot of people don't know what we do or they think what we do is like what they've seen in movies. Mm -hmm. and, and they don't know how busy we are. Yeah, I cannot believe some of those things you're telling me. <laughs> I've never heard about the marbles. But um, yeah, people don't know what we do, so let's educate them. Mm -hmm. And in the meanwhile... Let's say no. Saying no is important because you have limitations. You have bandwidth. And going beyond that repeatedly will lead to burnout. That's a reality. And you need to say no. And, you know, why don't SLPs say no more often? I think there's lots of reasons. You know, you don't want to disappoint people. Right. So you don't say no. Or you feel like you should be able to take that on, even if you're already overwhelmed and that it's kind of your fault that you're not doing it all, mm. especially if you're new, right? Right. Uh, you want to be a helper or you want to be generous. You feel guilty when you say no. Yes. I Yes, I can feel guilty when I say <laughs> no. So I think we all need to examine why it's hard to say no and to know that reason and to be honest with ourselves about that. And that's a very important first step. I think in some ways it relates to the need to be helpful a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. Most people in our profession tend to fit that adjective, that helpful and have a hard time saying no because we don't want to let others down or not help them out. Saying no kind of also feels confrontational, and some people like me have a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I've most definitely avoided saying no in some situations because I, would, I was afraid that the other person would be angry with me or have, you know, a big reaction and I definitely do want to talk about that because that's real. Mm -hmm. um, but first, let's talk about what happens when you say yes right away, which lots of us do. So, Sarah, your example from before mm -hmm. about the after-school activity was perfect. And it was about this topic exactly. So let's say someone asks you for something and you say yes. 
So you agree to do something even though you really need to say no for whatever reason. That will breed burnout. That will breed resentment. And it will, in the long term, hurt your working relationships. So saying no lasts just a moment. And saying yes lasts, well, for a lot longer. And the resentment could last you your whole relationship with that person, possibly. And that's a high cost for saying yes. I love that. You are absolutely right. We just talked about how taking on too much can make what was a nice, friendly-looking SLP job turn into a Frankenstein job that you don't want to do anymore. And saying yes is a huge part of that problem. I'm a big fan of saying no because it it means you can say yes to other things. So if you say yes to 10 things that suck up your time that you don't really care about, uh, you won't be able to say yes to your own job responsibilities, to those own to your own things that you need to get done. Mm. And you won't be able to say yes to your own peace of mind. Right. And saying yes should be empowering in that sense. Mm -hmm. We set boundaries when we say no. And we admit to our own limitations when we say no. And that is practicing saying yes to ourselves. Practicing kindness towards ourselves. And that means in the moment when you get a request, pausing and figuring out what it is that you need. Yes. It's nice to be nice, but Mm -hmm. you can still be nice and say no, right? I mean, you could use something like, you know, I'd really like to help, but I can't. And here's why. Or, you know what, maybe I don't even need to explain why. Maybe it should just be enough for me to say, I'm sorry, I'd really like to help, but I can't, and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that is enough, and I feel like people will mostly understand if, if you say things like that. We're all busy. I also think um, that as SLPs, we can say no more often, and we just don't. We don't stop and process and consider, what would it mean if I said yes right now? So the time, the energy, if it's worth it. And I think we're often one of only a few SLPs, you know, or the only SLP, Mm -hmm. and people don't know what goes on behind closed doors, and they don't know how busy we are, and we need to tell them. And we need to tell them respectfully. If you don't have 15 minutes to do a task for someone, You need to tell that person that you looked at your schedule and you don't have 15 minutes. I found in general, people are more respectful than I think they will be. And in general, they do understand that you need to tell them. How how else would they possibly know? That's so true. And it hits back on that SLP job advocacy piece. Mm -hmm. We need to be explicit, respectful, but explicit. Right. But it's not that easy, is it? (laughs) Nope. It's definitely, it's definitely a good piece to consider. It's nice to have um, a default cushioned no ready to go in our toolbox for these types of situations. Uh, This is where a script could really come in handy. Yeah, it's sometimes we just don't know um, how to say no or what to say. So here's what I try to do. Um, First off, Anne Lamott is an author, and 
Her quote is, no is a complete sentence. (laughs) So I think the more you say no and then tell a bunch of reasons why you can't do something, the more you're getting yourself into trouble because that person is going to pick those reasons apart and tell you why you should do a task Mm -hmm. anyway. So for now, I prefer a simple no. So I might say, I'm at capacity right now. I'm not able to do that. Then be quiet. (laughs) The trick is to be quiet and wait after that. So the person asked, you responded, the ball is in their court. Right. We should consider it an SLP moment. And uh, this is an attempt to elicit the target response. (laughs) And if you do want to say more, and you absolutely need to say more, which you probably don't, but you could say, can we circle back on this idea next month? Or you can just say, is there someone else who could do this now? I'm not able to. Most to-dos get forgotten or make themselves irrelevant over time. So I'd only add in that last part if you're sure that next month it won't matter. I like that. It's a tactful way to honor their time and opinion while at the same time protecting yourself and your own well-being. <laughs> so let's turn this into a listener challenge. Let's do it. So first, identify why it's hard for you to say no. And secondly, the next big ask, so something someone asks you that's really going to take time, the next big ask you get that you can't fulfill, be honest. Say, I've looked at my schedule and deadlines this month, and there's just no way I can help you with that Mm. and get my own work done too. It's hard to say, but... Honestly, it's best to not prolong it. Just rip off the band-aid. <laughs> Have the hard conversation sooner. The longer you wait to get back to them, the more you'll overthink it. So say no. We're all busy and people should understand that. And if you're worried about someone's reaction to you saying no, I heard a great quote lately that made me laugh out loud and it was, if you repeatedly say no and a person keeps asking That's harassment. (laughs) So true. (laughs) It's such a strong statement. It's a bold, strong statement, right? But I think that we've all had bosses or coworkers who ask for unreasonable things Uh repeatedly and might get angry. And if it keeps coming up and this keeps happening, remember, it's been asked, it's been answered, and it's done. And ultimately, if someone shames you for asking for what you need, you're in an unhealthy working relationship and you're probably being bullied. So you have the right to ask and the other person has a right to say no. And there should be some respect there. Absolutely. This conversation, I think a lot of SLPs can really relate to. And I love the challenge to reflect on what saying no, what makes saying no, hard for you. If, if it's something, if it's something you struggle with, I'm sure some listeners out there are like, oh, it's fine. I can say no problem. <laughs> but if it is a challenge, come up with an honest script that you'd feel comfortable using to turn someone down and have it ready in your toolbox. I expect, I uh, expect a lot of new SLPs in particular will appreciate this topic. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to taking better care of yourself. So saying no is definitely a way to take better care of yourself. 
whether you're an SLP newbie or someone who's been at it for a long time, there are still so many lessons to learn. And while we're on the topic of taking care of yourself, let's transition to our self-care segment about making a like list or a self-care list. So each week, Sari and I talk about ideas for taking better care of our physical and emotional health. In the first episode, we mentioned our guilty self-care pleasures (laughs) and mentioned in passing that it's a good idea to have a list of things you do to take care of yourself. So today, we're going to share what's on our list. So, Sari, do you have a physical list and what's on it? Okay, so I didn't before we mentioned it on the podcast, but I do now. It's on a little sticky note on my desk. It's got my guilty pleasures on it. It's got shopping, some stress foods, Mm -hmm. including chocolate, fruit leather, pretzels, and uh, favorite smells. And I keep adding to it as we go along. Mm Mm-hmm. I wrote my list a few years ago, and I know exactly where it is in the house. (laughs) And, you know, when I'm overwhelmed or want to zone out, I sometimes remember to check my list. And on my list are some things. First of all, any Jane Austen movie, and I have favorites. So the old version of Pride and Prejudice. The A&E version? The Colin Firth one? Yes, Colin Firth. Oh. Yes, I love mm-hmm. that version. Here, here. And if I don't have time for a movie, I'll do an episode of Gilmore Girls because <laughs> I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan. Me too. And here's another one. I might write a letter. Yes, oh. by hand. Snail mail. I like catching up with people that way. I feel... If I feel like that's too much effort, I'll email a friend. But I find that writing letters or emails... It's just a quiet, reflective writing activity. I enjoy writing. When you write, you think about things differently, and it it also helps you with perspective when you need to find it. I love that you write letters. Do you write in cursive? No. When you write them? No. <laughs> it's a dying art. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's a great idea. I love it. Yeah, and not many people do it anymore, and I'm always looking for more correspondence buddies. They're hard to find people who will write back, so... <laughs> Also, I'm a coffee nut, and I'll completely admit to being a coffee snob, but I'm usually in a rush if I'm going out to get my coffee. Finding time to go to a coffee shop and get a coffee for here, not to go, and sitting down and drinking the whole thing, it's just this feeling for me. I hardly ever have time to do that in the mornings, so it's really a treat. Yes, it's the little things. Mm-hmm. And that's luxury. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The point is to find something that feels like luxury for you. And the term self-care can be a thorny one. A lot of people don't like it. Sometimes I don't like it. And I completely understand that if you don't. Mm-hmm. So I'd say if you're in that camp, pursue luxury or a cozy feeling, that cozy feeling that when what you're doing in that moment just fits and it's exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. And another one of my favorite authors, Elizabeth Gilbert, talks about using that self-care term by asking yourself, what do I need right now? And doing it. So I actually did that yesterday, and the answer was a piece of toast. (laughs) So it can be that easy, right? What do I need right now? I need a piece of toast. Um, And it's just finding those moments, tuning in, asking yourself for what you need and doing it. And the more you turn tune in, the easier it becomes. And even if you don't like the term self-care, that's fine. Just take care of yourself. 
Sure. Yeah, it's too easy to put the well-being of others before ourselves. And we matter. You matter. Keeping you happy, keeping ourselves happy is important. And that's what this podcast is about. So start saying yes to saying no. Mm -hmm. And practice or reflect on a script that will work for you that you feel comfortable using that will help you turn down those particular individuals who are always asking for more. And start that list, whether it's a physical list or a verbal list, about the things that bring you joy and imbibe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. And when things start to get out of control or feel like it, and they always do at some point, it can feel overwhelming, but Mm -hmm. you've got this. You've got this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we actually have some SLP wisdom from those moments. So on this segment, which we do call SLP wisdom, we're sharing advice, SLP advice we've heard from usually mentors, SLP friends, or people that we're mentoring. And this week, I'm actually sharing a piece of advice that I keep coming back to when times get tough. And this advice isn't from an SLP, but it really does relate to our job. So the advice comes from Marie Forleo. She's a business guru and a YouTuber. And what she says is everything is figure outable, right? <laughs> we can figure it out. It's figure outable. And so it's figure outable means that the only space between where you are now and having the task done is just doing a bit of research to figure it out, moving forward, and then just getting it done. Mm. So like it. are you changing work settings? That's figure outable. Are you starting a business? That's figure outable. Are you starting your first job? That's figure outable. Uh, are you a longtime SLP who still gets stumped on paperwork questions, which is me? Uh, that's figure outable. You need to say no. It's figure outable. It's figure outable. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And also, we need to figure out how to do a podcast, right? Like, it's doing a podcast is figure outable. So, Sari, we still haven't figured out everything about doing a podcast. For example, right now, we have no idea what to do with this audio file once it's done to get it into <laughs> a podcast player. You guys will hear this. <laughs> we, hope, we hope you'll hear this. Already. So we don't know what to do next, but we're going to record this anyway. We're going to do the work anyway. We don't know today, but we might know tomorrow and it is figure outable. So it probably means if we're saying that it's figure outable, that you already have it figured out. And you may not be giving yourself credit for the things you already know. And this is an example from something that happened to me this week. I was doing just this paperwork runaround with a complicated paperwork situation. And I called an SLP friend. And she really encouraged me to follow the process I already know, do my best, get the work done, and move on. Mm. I'm definitely not saying you don't ask for guidance. I do all the time. I was by calling my friend, right? (laughs) But I think that sometimes we already know how to figure it out, and we just need to get to work, and we need forward movement. Right. And figuring it out may involve asking for help or saying no to cut something out and make our job more manageable. Um, So I hope our listeners got something useful out of today's podcast. Feel free to share your own ideas, thoughts, or concerns about today's topics with us. We'd really love to hear from you. So this is it for this episode of the Happy Hour Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you're a new SLP or an SLP-to-be, we hope that this episode gave you a good snapshot of what it's really like to be an SLP. If you're a seasoned SLP veteran, we hope this podcast was helpful and that you feel more connected and empowered by listening today.
and we hope you take us up on our self-care tip to make a like list. Let's figure this out together. By sharing our experiences and perspectives, we can become more connected to each other and more forgiving of ourselves. So let's navigate through the thorny issues together. As we do, remember you already know what you need to know to be an awesome SLP. You already care as much as you need to care to be an awesome SLP. This has been the third episode of the SLP Happy Hour podcast. Next podcast, we'll talk about improving your relationship with time, and we'll share our work mantras for when the overwhelm sets in. We hope you also choose to accept our self-care challenge from this podcast to practice saying no and saying it right away. Also, we hope some SLP wisdom from today that everything is figure-outable helps you when times get tough. If you like the show, you can support us in two ways. First, leave us a rating and review, especially on iTunes. Second, if you know an SLP who might benefit from these conversations, let them know about the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and that this was a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. We've enjoyed recording it. Until next time. Reindeer, Dasher, Donner, someone in Blitzen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and I'm saying Blitzen again. Next. <laughs> I don't know either. Now I can't stop focusing on the ones you didn't say. Who did I miss? Dasher, Dancer, Donner, Donner Blitzen, and Comet, Cupid. Cupid, and Donner. Did we already say Donner? Who's and the Blitzen. One Isn't there a Vixen? No. Okay. <laughs> Are we serious enough? We are. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Next up, we wanted to share a segment we're calling From the Speech Room of. As an SLP, we often work alone. There's no water cooler talk in the break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding.